Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Rangers, a New York Rangers podcast presented by Blue York on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Johnny Lazarus, and we have a great show for you today with Arda Okal from ESPN. And I'm also very happy to introduce a new friend of mine and someone who will be joining the show for like the first five to 15 minutes of the show just to talk a little bit of Rangers, but got connected with Cody through the Blue York guys. So I want to give a shout out, as always, to Blue York, but I don't want to speak too much on Cody Frankel's behalf, so I'm going to introduce him. Cody Frankel, without further ado, my new Rangers co-host. Talk about yourself. Talk about your Ranger fandom. Um, kind of just like introduce yourself to the listeners. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on, Johnny. Uh, real real pumped to be a part of the pod. And uh, I'm a Jersey boy. I, I've been living in the city for the past few years with my wife, Jackie. Uh, love the Rangers, obviously. I kind of got into the Rangers maybe about 20 years ago so or so now. Uh, my dad started taking me to games. And, you know, it kind of all just folded from there. I, I was able to see some of the OGs like Leach and Graves and Richter and really just uh, kind of fell in love with the team from there. And, you know, I'm a partial season ticket holder now and and haven't really looked back ever since. It's been really cool kind of watching all these teams unfold over the years from, you know, the 14 cup run to, to the whole rebuild to now where we are today. So. I want to piggyback off that real quick, just chiming in. I don't know if you saw it today, but I posted on like the Believe in Rangers Instagram. Uh, AJ quote tweeted Butch Goring this morning and kind of clapped at him a little bit. Butch Goring tweeted, I did not know the MYR fans were even on Twitter. I guess they were in hibernation for the last three years. And then AJ quote tweeted him and said, your team's been in hibernation since before I was even born. I thought that was pretty funny, honestly. I feel like AJ doesn't really take shots at people, so it was kind of surprising. No. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He's usually a pretty mellow guy, so love to love to see a little fire from him. I mean, I I totally understand why Islanders fans are, as well as Butch, a little uh, a little uptight right now. They're not doing so hot, and the Rangers are uh, definitely cruising. So mm -hmm. it was good to see. It was good to see. Then again, the Islanders have gotten completely fucked over, and like out of any other team in the league, like I, I can't imagine if if what happened to the Islanders this year happened to the Rangers, I I don't even know what I would do. Like. Yeah, it's, it's very, very, very like disappointing. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think when we played them earlier on the season, it was it was basically we were playing an AHL squad. Mm -hmm. So uh, they definitely have gotten gotten hurt pretty bad from from the whole COVID thing. I, I think the Bruins did as well. Those are those are the two teams that come to mind in in terms of really uh, getting crushed from the whole COVID thing here. And that game against the Islanders earlier this year, I'm not one to use the word lock when I talk about sports betting, but <laughs> I did tweet out that day, like the Rangers, I think they were like minus 120 in regulation. I was like, this is the big, the best bet I've, I've ever seen in my life. And I hammered the Rangers regulation, hammered them just to win uh, money line that night. So I know you're a sports betting guy as well. So I'm sure we'll get into that at some point. Yeah. I was just going to say, you were making me jealous because at that time I wasn't able to bet, uh, because obviously being in New York, it wasn't mm. uh, 
in the city. It wasn't legal yet. So I definitely would have hammered that as well. But let's transition into the West Coast trip. The Rangers just got back. I know they're not home yet, but they were in Philadelphia last night. Uh, well, actually, you're listening to this Monday, so they were in Philadelphia on Saturday night. But they looked really good aside from that game in Vegas. You know, obviously that one's kind of a wash with everything that happened before. Um, but two and two on the West Coast trip. Big wins against Anaheim and San Jose. The San Jose game especially was like a complete dominant performance for 60 minutes. That was super encouraging. And then they beat Philly on the road. So um, they look really good right now, 3-2 and two in the last five. Um, anything to take away from you from that West Coast trip or anything that stands out to you? Yeah, I, I definitely think 3-2 and two on, on an away trip is something to be happy with. Obviously, winning a lot of games this year, teams are, where we're getting used to that feel of, of not losing too often. But uh, the Vegas game kind of got out of hand. I think the Kings game, they did, they did pretty well at shutting us down uh, and exploiting some of our weaknesses. But, you know, the wins we went and uh, the way we went through those wins, like last night wasn't the prettiest game, but I thought they did a really good job uh, kind of finishing there in the end and, and playing that uh, conservative type of game in, in the first and second and then uh, like their chances in the third and they kind of took it from there and, and got the dub. Yeah, I mean, super encouraging, like you said. And, um, you know, I kind of go back and forth on this show talking about the Oilers and stuff like that because the Oilers obviously are so fun to watch. And I, I think the Rangers, you know, have a ton of skill just like the Oilers do too. But right now, the Oilers are a team that just can't find a way to win those games. And that's like kind of what you need in the playoffs. So a lot of people that talk about the Oilers right now and talk about the Rangers right now, everyone's asking these questions. Can they get it done when it matters most? And the Rangers right now have shown us that, they can win games in any situation. Even when they're outplayed, they have a guy who I know we're going to talk about in a second, Igor Shosturkin, that can bail them out. And that's what you need, you know, three months from now. So, you know, I know you want to talk about Igor. Igor has been obviously incredible this year. Um, so I'm going to let you kind of take this on. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, just to backtrack on that last point, I think it's incredibly important for good teams to find a way to beat bad teams. Mm -hmm. uh, we've seen it in the past with the Rangers. They haven't really found a way how to get it done. And this year they're, they're beating up on bad teams. It's really showing in the points, and it's definitely going to help them down the stretch when every point matters. Uh, Igor, my guy Igor, has been absolutely incredible. He comes off of the COVID list, posts a 37 save shutout. I mean, he just looked fantastic. He looked poised. I don't know if you remember when Hank would come back from injury or something of that nature. It would always take him a few games to really get back into that elite level. And Igor is kind of built differently in that regard. I mean, he just comes right in and, and was playing fantastic. I know a lot of fans are concerned with the durability issues and he's been hurt here and there had some freak injuries. Uh, but I'll tell you, I mean, if this guy is healthy, we're going to be a problem come the playoffs and the Rangers are definitely going as far as Igor takes them. Mm -hmm. Completely agree. And I think Georgiev has been solid as of late too, and he's been needed. Um, you know, I thought he looked yeah. great. Obviously he didn't look good in Vegas, but you know, like I said, that game was just complete shit from the start, but I thought in LA, he did a great job. Obviously the Rangers didn't really help him offensively. I think we only scored one goal and it came late in the game and LA has actually been a really good team at five on five this year, but um, you know, that's another struggle that we've had playing five on five. But like you said, Igor in my mind is he's been the best goalie in the league this year. I mean, you kind of look at his numbers right now. He's got a uh, 0.939 save percentage and he's allowing less than two goals a game, which is, Literally insane. I think for any starting goalie that has a you know goals against average under two, um, that's a wild statistic. That's obviously hard to maintain throughout the season. But right now, you know, I kind of say that like he's so far ahead of it. But his uh, goals against average right now, I think, is up one point nine nine. So he's like right there. But yeah, um, you know, it's not like it's a fluky thing. I mean, he's 
What's his record on the year? I'm gonna look right now. His record on the I think year he's is 16 and four, 17 and four, something like that. 17 four and two, which is just, I mean, yeah. if, if you look at the win percentage, probably the best in the league. Also, I don't have that in front of me, but um, you know, as Ranger fans, I kind of say it. I think in the interview with Arda, but um, we're very spoiled to go from Lundqvist right to Igor Shosturkin. I mean, think about all these teams that haven't had goaltending, like the, like especially the Flyers. Flyers haven't had a goalie to kind of lean on. I think in the last 20, 30 years, so. Dude, how about Igor not even being an all-star? Ilya Sorokin, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is absolutely mind-boggling to me that this guy is not going to be in the all-star game. He's arguably the Vezina leader right now. Uh, not to take away from Jari and Anderson who got in, but I mean, I think Igor should absolutely be in this game. I don't know if you heard what Nathan McKinnon said about yep. you know not every team should be represented in the all-star game. I completely agree. This isn't a participation game. It's the most competitive league in the world. You want to see the best players in there. Right now, Igor is by far the best, at least at least in the East, in his division. Uh, I think he should definitely be in this game. And, you know, it's it's kind of sad not to see it. I, I know he's been hurt here and there, but um, it, it's a shame. And that being said, obviously, would love to see Mika get in there as the third guy there. So uh, everyone listening should definitely vote for him I, I know that's ending tomorrow i think mm-hmm. but uh he, he had a goal last night he's been heating up as well so i think i would love to see him get in there yeah i mean just piggybacking off of what you said like not even only the rangers i mean the fact that igor is not in the all-star game you know obviously ridiculous but also a guy like nazim Kadri, who's fifth in the league in points you know i think that's kind of what stemmed nathan mckinnon to Crazy. say that but yeah Kadri's having a career year he's got 49 points in 32 games you know 14 goals 35 assists like literally tearing it up and he honestly could be considered an MVP candidate too, because when McKinnon and all those guys were injured, Kadri was the guy that stepped up, you know? Yeah. Colorado hasn't yeah. really been healthy all year and without Kadri playing the way he did, who knows if they are where they are right now. Um, so like you said, the fact that the NHL um, is giving every team an all-star representative, you know, that's kind of what separates the league from the MLB or the NH- or the NBA. Um, I don't really watch the Pro Bowl, so I don't understand how the Pro Bowl voting works. I know it's also, <laughs> uh, yeah. the Pro Bowl is also like, before the Super Bowl, which like kind of makes no sense because then like the best players and the best teams can't participate. Um, I think that's like stupid. But yeah, I mean, to me, NHL All-Star Weekend, I, I don't really watch it anymore. I loved it as a kid, but it's it's not like the most entertaining thing for me. Yeah. Um, once they, once they started, yeah, once once they started kind of, kind of switching up the formats, uh, I kind of fell off a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, like you said, I mean, Kadri should definitely be in there. There's there's a whole bunch of other guys that really got snubbed as well, like Marshan. I mean, you can make the argument for Panarin. I know he missed some time from COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, a few. Uh, I, I Stamkos is going nuts this year, and I mean, they left him off too. Yeah, it, it's really it's really hurting the league. I mean, I think it would only boost their ratings essentially if the best players in the world are in this game. It's uh, so it's it's definitely a shame there. Yeah, and Johnny, speaking of that piggybacking a little a little bit about what we were going on for before with the 5v5 and and some of the rangers glaring issues um if you had to make one trade right now not waiting to that march deadline because we both know the rangers could use that help i mean who's your guy who are you going for here i mean i think the obvious answer has been like thomas hurdle he's been kind of leading that is that who you're gonna say okay i'll Um, say someone else i i have i have a few guys in mind but he's he's definitely up there for sure yeah, I'd love to hear your take on it first. I mean, I, I saw, um, was it Larry Brooks who wrote about it like a couple months ago about Patrick Kane like being a possibility? Um, and for me, like, I, I don't know. I, you know, I know Ryan Mead uh, tweeted a couple of days ago. You know, I follow Ryan pretty closely. He uh, yeah. does Blue Shirts Breakaway. Shout out to those guys, him and Greg Kaplan. They do a great job. But yeah, they're great. 
Ryan was tweeting about going all in this year. And it kind of makes sense with the contracts and how everything's working out because, you know, Fox's contract doesn't kick in until next year. Lafreniere and Kako, um, and I think Miller, like Lingren's not. I think Miller, um, they're all on their entry-level deals. So, you know, if we can figure out a way to do what the Lightning did last year and make that salary cap kind of work, I don't see why not, I, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely agree there. I think Lingard's on on that bridge. I think yeah. we gave him a three-year bridge there. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I completely agree. I, I was looking at something on Cat Friendly the other day, and it looks like come deadline, we'll have almost $20 million to spend. Mm-hmm. So we can, and it's it's just for this year, and then it'll kind of get kicked. So obviously with Fox's contract, Mika's contract, and a few others on the books for next year. So I think we should definitely go out and, and go all in, get some guys. Um, Thomas Hurdle is definitely... Uh, at the top of my list. I mean, we uh-huh. saw him the other night for the Sharks. The guy was absolutely electric. He's a dynamic forward. I mean, he he almost scored that goal. It got called back, but he, he was all over the ice every single time he took a shift. I noticed it. Um, a few other guys that I'm really, really looking at here is I know there's a lot of chatter about Riley Smith from Vegas. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, I just found out that was uh, Brendan Smith's younger brother. So that's pretty you didn't cool. You know that? No, I had no oh, idea. Yeah. I, I, my, my buddy told me that and I, uh, I, w- I was kind of awestruck. I was wanted him on the Rangers even more after that, but um, yeah. obviously with the whole Eichel and uh, Pacioretty thing, you know, they're saying like, Oh, we don't know if we should move Riley Smith because they're going to have possibly Pacioretty on there. And then Alec Martinez as well. So I'm not, I'm not too, too sure he's going to end up getting moved. But uh, the other guy here that I'm kind of looking at is Ricard Raquel on the Ducks. Mm-hmm. I think he's also a pretty dynamic forward. I mean, he's he's uh, taken a few steps back over the last few years, but he's still a very good player. And, uh, you know, he's young as well. I think I think we could have him under $4 million. And he's a free agent after the season. But I think if we, if we wanted to move a guy who's, you know, like a Nemeth or something along those lines, we could definitely fit him in next year for under like 4.55 and we could still sign Strom if we wanted to. So that's, that's what I'm looking at. How about yourself? It's nice to have you on here because I am so not a numbers guy. Like I wouldn't have known any of that shit. So um, <laughs> definitely, definitely a big addition already. Cause I don't really pay attention to contracts. Um, so in that sense, obviously, you know, it's, it's great that you're here to help me with that too. But um, yeah, yeah, man, I think the biggest thing is just adding someone that can help us at five on five. That's obviously been the biggest struggle, I think, this year. Defense has kind of taken care of itself, and the power play has been pretty outstanding. So um, just generating offense five and five and obviously producing at five and five is like the biggest thing that we're going to need in the playoffs. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't really I haven't looked closely at, at other guys that might be free agents this year. I know Kessel, I think, also is one of those guys, but I don't know if, you know, Phil Kessel has two Stanley Cups. I don't know if that is something that's attractive to the locker room. I know Phil Kessel obviously has his uh, reputation around the league of being like kind of a, you know, lazy, but funny. I mean, he, I think he'd be yeah. a, great, a great locker room fit from everything I've seen. Um, everyone I think loves him. So I think he'd be, he could be great also. Yeah. Yeah. Kessel's another one. I, I personally don't want Kessel. Uh, I think he, you know, he's been around for, for a long time. If, if you were giving me Kessel on the penguins, I would have taken him 10 out of 10, out of 10 times here. Mm-hmm. But uh you know, I feel like he's gotten a little lazy on Arizona. I know that team's terrible um, and nobody's really doing too well. I know they're talking about moving Chikorin as well. And mm-hmm. and that's a guy who's who's come up in a lot of talks as well. Uh, but I, I would like the Rangers to kind of focus on a guy who's having a really good year right now. Someone that is is young enough where if we wanted to re-sign him, we could re-sign him. Because I think they're going to make a few moves here. And I think they'll only have the ability to 
you know, ultimately re-sign one of these guys that they're taking on if that. So I'm looking at guys like Raquel and Hurdle as guys who could, who could stay on this team and uh, be a good fit as well. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you made some good points. Um, you know, I, I don't really have much else to say until that time comes. Um, you know, obviously we're going to see how it all plays out, but I do want to talk yeah. about two guys that made their Ranger debut. One was an NHL debut in San Jose. Braden Schneider, who scored that beautiful goal in his first game, which was awesome. He's obviously a guy that has a lot of hype coming into his NHL career. I know he's still super young, so he might not be an NHL regular right now. And then Anthony Greco. I mean, what a story. I remember watching him in college. Um, I never got the chance to play against him in college. He left Ohio State before I played against them. But um, just an outstanding story. The only like NHL player to ever hail from Queens. His dad was a FDMY firefighter who unfortunately passed away in 2020 due to 9-11 illnesses. So just a really cool moment, I think, for his family to watch him wear a Ranger uniform. Obviously, his dad took him to Ranger games when he was a kid. And MSG posted that really cool picture of him in the Statue of Liberty jersey as a young kid. So really cool moment. He's a great player, super fast skater, played really hard. And, um, you know, I'm sure he'll get called up again at some point this year if the roster, uh, you know, is unhealthy. Yeah, yeah. And to speak on those two, I mean, Schneider had such a sharp debut. I thought mm -hmm. he was, you know, incredibly poised. He was so using confident. his body. Oh my gosh. He was, he was heavy on the four check. I, I think, you know, he's not going to be on that stat sheet every night. Like he scored, which was incredible, but I think you're looking more at like a Ryan Lindgren, Jacob Truba esque type of guy. Mm -hmm. And I personally think the Rangers can use a lot more of those type of guys as well as the league. And I'm really excited to see what this kid's got. If I am Niels Lundqvist and Zach Jones right now, I'm definitely a little nervous that this kid's here to take my spot. And, uh, you know, one of them might end up becoming trade bait for sure over the next few months. And then uh, Anthony Greco. I mean, this guy, I, you know, it's such a heartwarming and heartfelt story of, mm -hmm. of being a homegrown kid. And then obviously what happened to his his dad. And it, I'm just so happy for him. And I thought he played great as well. I thought he had a really good debut. Uh, he was aggressive. He was quick on the shot. He, he took a bunch of shots, which... I can appreciate because I think we definitely need to shoot more. Uh, blocked a couple five, too. Yeah, yeah, he blocked a couple. I think he had uh -huh. five shots on goal. He was all over the ice. And most importantly, I think this kid has some type of future in the league. It might not be with the Rangers because obviously, you know, we're tight on spots over these next few years. But I think we now know we can call on this kid if we need to, if we get COVID riddled or anything along those lines. And he'll give you 110%. And he's definitely got some uh, some type of future here in, in some form of capacity. Yeah, no, I agree. And um, Cody, I think that's gonna you know kind of wrap up the Rangers talk, but for for this episode at least. But um, you know, I want you to plug anything your Instagram, Twitter, because anyone listening right now, Cody's gonna be a regular regular on this show. I'm gonna have him on, like I said, first five fifteen minutes just to talk some Rangers. So you know, for those of you that DM me on Twitter, DM me on Instagram with any questions, also feel free. So Cody, if you want to just take a second to uh, you know plug your Twitter, plug your Instagram. I know we're working on the Twitter thing, so maybe uh, you know give that an extra plug. Yeah, we are we are working on the Twitter thing. I, I just started using it a lot. Uh, it's at the CF twenty two at the CF twenty two, and then my Instagram is at the Cody Frankel. And uh, definitely would appreciate a follow. And you know, Johnny it was such a pleasure having me on here, and I, I can't wait to do it again soon. Yeah, we're going to do it every Sunday or every Monday when people listen. So, um, you know, I appreciate you stopping by and I'm going to send it over now to Alexis Downey. As always, very happy to bring on my dear friend from Stadium, Alexis Downey, to talk about everything going on in the NHL. But before we do that, I got to hear about your Friday night at this new bar in Chicago. It looked like the best place ever. What was it called? Like, what's it called? 
It's called Over Under and it is a sports betting bar. I think they have like 40 TVs or something like that. And you can live bet on games while you're there. It's so cool. And you know me, I, I don't necessarily bet. Yeah. I pick games, but I don't, I don't actually put money on them yet. Uh-huh. And uh, I met some of my friends there. Uh, my, my good friend, Mike Bowling, that works for Bleacher Report Betting. He was like, hey, come to this bar. And it's so cool. There was a lot of people there. And um, it seems like it'll be a busy spot in Chicago. Oh, I'm sure, especially on why well, it's kind of tough now. They opened up like at the end of NFL season. What are they th- like? I mean, but for March Madness, oh my God, that place. That's true. Fun. Oh, March yeah. Madness is going to be crazy. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> they better make one in New York. I mean, they would make it crushing. Yeah, I feel like it's such a good idea. I I feel like they'll probably start popping up all over the country, honestly, once mm-hmm. they're legal in other or betting is legal in, you know, different sp- states as well, too. So. Yeah, no, that looked awesome. I was super jealous on Friday night when I was sitting on my couch and you were sending me all those <laughs> videos from that bar. That looked really cool. But let's go into some NHL talk. I know there's a lot to talk about this week. I want to start with Brad Marchand, who's probably been like the hottest player in the league uh, the last couple of games. Hat trick, I think three multi-goal games in a row. Um, and I love his comment about that like pink hat he picked up, calling it like the sexiest looking hat on the ice or whatever. <laughs> Seems like a nice thing the Bruins do, though. They all, uh, whenever they get a hat trick, I guess they keep one hat, sign it, date it, and like put it in the locker room. I think it's like a cool idea. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I've always wondered too, like, what idiot would throw a hat on the ice? Like, like I would never, I if I'm in a game, I would expensive. never throw a hat. Yeah, I would never do that. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. I, I saw him pick that up and I was like, I just feel like that's such a personality. Of course, yeah. he's going to pick the fun looking hat. But also, who is wearing that to the game? Like, I don't know. I would, who would think to wear that to a hockey game, especially in Boston? But I guess, you know, there's, some dedicated fans there who knows but um yeah so that kind of leads into the fact that he also did not make the all-star game roster which Mm -hmm. is a big surprise to some people some people are saying he got snubbed and with the way he's been playing understandable he's like eighth in the league right now in points like playing so well these last couple games just an offensive weapon but also kind of a point that we're getting to is there is love and there is hate for him. And I will, I'll ask you first, what side of that are you on? I love Brad Marchand. Love him. Always <laughs> have since, since his rookie year when he came in and played in the Stanley cup final and had that six shorthand, I think it was a shorthanded goal um, against Vancouver. He like banked the puck off the boards to himself and had that sick move. Like when he waited around the Wongo, I thought that goal was nasty. I never heard of him until that point. And I was like, this guy's sick. And I just, I loved him and his his personality. That's a huge thing at All Star Weekend. That's gonna be missed too. Like just having his personality there. He seems like a guy who, you know, just loves to like fuck around with his teammates. And um, honestly, one of the coolest things I'll tell a cool story. Actually, you know, I I kind of grew up not grew up playing, but um, in high school I played with Charlie McAvoy for like two years, and we became good friends. And obviously, when he was a rookie on the Bruins, um, you know, I wanted to go see him when I was at UMass, so I drove out to Boston, went to a game. And Charlie was nice enough to get me like the press pass after the game to go to the family room. And the coolest thing, like Brad Marshawn walked into the family room and goes, what's up, Chucky? And I was like, dude, he just called you Chucky. That's so sick. You know, I don't know. That was, that was cool. You were probably a little jealous. Oh yeah. Super jealous. You're like, I don't I, have a nickname. <laughs> I had to drive back to UMass hour and a half and wake up for my 8 a.m. econ class the next day. Charlie's probably <laughs> flying on a private jet, getting steak dinner. <laughs> Definitely a different life. Well, mm-hmm. I feel like, he's that guy that has managed to be a hero and a villain. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy that he can play both of those roles. And I think the, you know, there's other guys around the league. The first one that comes to my mind is Tom Wilson. He's a Mm -hmm. hero to his guys and 
DC, but to someone like me, he is the villain. So I feel like that's kind of where I stand a little bit on Marshan. Like, I think I don't really dislike him. I dislike Mm -hmm. some of the things that he's done throughout his career. Um, But he has that swagger and he's got such a a personality that you do kind of have to love it because it really embraces the city that he's in as well. So you really think he's in the same category as Tom Wilson? Not, not quite. Uh I think there was a while in his career that he was disliked a lot. Yeah. Like maybe not quite to Wilson's level, but, and he hasn't done all of the things necessarily that Wilson's done. I mean, some Mm -hmm. of them, you know, but I, I can't say fully, but that was just kind of the first guy that came to my head. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm just trying to like think back. I know he obviously has his fair share of suspensions, but you know, as of late, I feel like the things that he's done is like just more funny than like harmful. Like, I think, yeah, was it was it the Stanley Cup final in 2019? He like licked somebody or something. Was that the thing? <laughs> yeah, he like licked someone's so. face. Yeah, yeah, like I like you know, I think like I love that shit. Yeah, I think it's, it's awesome. bizarre. <laughs> so bizarre. I mean, but it's not like he like what Brendan knew like bit Kachuk's finger. Yeah. Like that's different. You know, like he's yeah. licking a guy, not causing harm. I thought it was awesome. I don't know. Yeah. But those are the things also that, you know, other fan bases don't like, they, they just don't like them. So it kind of is what it is, but Mm -hmm. um, it's a really a big week for the Bruins in general, because on Tuesday, they're going to be retiring Willie O'Ree's number 22 Jersey. And um, they're going to be hosting the hurricanes for that game. Uh, O'Ree will not actually be at the ceremony. I know they postponed it to this year. He was not actually going to be there because of the ongoing pandemic risks, Mm -hmm. but really, really exciting that this is finally happening. Yeah, I definitely think it's long overdue. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously we weren't around for the impact he really made when he was playing, but, um, you know, obviously we've seen the impact he's made on the game in general. And, you know, I can't say that I know any of Willie O'Ree's statistics, but I do know what he's done for the the game off off the ice. So, you know, obviously a very cool thing. And as we saw this past week, the Hockey Diversity Alliance, you know, post that video too. So I think the timing kind of aligns as well. But yeah, I think it's something that's going to be awesome and should have a lot of attention. For sure. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm looking forward to seeing it um, for their game. Kind of switching gears a little bit. Kale McCarr, your guy. Yeah. He has is. The question is, is he going to get to 40 goals this season? And, you know, he's only played 31 games, which is all these teams have had all these, you know, COVID related postponements and everything. So the abs haven't, you know, had, well, I guess in his case, he's been out a couple games, regardless, 16 goals in those games. Is he going to, is he going to get it? I don't know. There's a lot of games left though for him. One thing that separates Kale, I think, from just other defensemen in the league, um, you know, obviously we have these conversations a lot, like which defenseman is more generational, like Hedman, Fox, McCarr, Ekblad, Yossi, all these guys. But what separates Kale from the rest of the group is that if you throw Kale on Buffalo, he's still probably scoring 15, 20 goals a year. Like the guy just creates opportunities for himself where he might not necessarily set up his teammates, you know, for that extra backdoor pass all the time, like Foxy would, or, you know, Yossi might, but I I just can't describe how Kale really is as a player. It's not something that you can teach. He he is just a physical specimen. I, 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 I don't know anything else or any other way to describe him. And the fact that we're talking about a 23 year old kid scoring 40 goals as a defenseman in the NHL to me, that's generational. There's no other way around it. Where Kale can, I don't even, I just, I, I, it's so hard to talk about. Like, he's just so good. He's just so good. He really is. Like, I, it's, it's, I, I'm like blushing talking about it. It's crazy. 
<laughs> like, I wish you guys, my face is like so red. Oh. Um, yeah, no, he's just, he really is. He's such a pleasure to watch. And, you know, I'm excited for him. He's a great kid. And I hope he gets 40, even 50. Be sick. <laughs> that would be crazy. And I, I, I rambled mean, they on have there. A, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they have a lot of games the rest of this month of January. So I think that maybe we'll have an idea as we get to the end of the month, like how he does production wise over the next couple of weeks. That could be a, that, that could be the reason, you know, he does get to 40 or he doesn't. So yeah. um, I'm confident in him because I know you are. So <laughs> I, I I'm confident, confident in that. I think that'd be really cool to see. Uh, and the last thing on our list this week, Connor McDavid said some things in a press conference about Evander Kane, and it's upset a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, if fans don't like it and the media doesn't like it or whatever, it is what it is. And as a figure for his team, I think he could have handled that better. He should know better because Evander Kane has done a lot of things that have upset a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And while the investigation by the NHL um, might not have found some of the, it, it it all, the whole situation has just been not good. Honestly. I mean, I, I, I don't really support Evander Kane. I, I don't, no. I, no. I don't care, you know, what he's great on the ice. Well, there's a lot of other great hockey players that deserve a chance and deserve to be in this league. He just violated the the protocol. Not even that long ago, the end of December, he was told, you know, you can't travel. Then he went to Vancouver, violated the protocol. Like he's already showing that he doesn't care. He doesn't listen. So why are we still talking about him? I I have a lot to say about this, but I just, I need to gather my thoughts quick. Um, (laughs) Even though I've had a week to prepare it, but (laughs) (laughs) listen, anytime the face of the league says something like that, especially in a year where hockey culture has been a huge focus, um, obviously with everything regarding the Blackhawks that happened earlier this year and how the Blackhawks in 2010 just put everything under the rug because they had that, doesn't matter. Let's just win mentality. And that's something that we're trying to get rid of. And a lot of people, which I agree with, thought McDavid's comments were in that regard. Like, whatever it takes to win, we'll do it. I don't care if we have a serial killer on our team. If we win, if we win games, we'll take them. Like, that's, that's kind of what hockey culture has been in the past where, you know, a lot of us are raised just to, you know, don't show weakness, go out and play and win a, find a way to win a game. But now times have changed. Um, you know, people can change too. Evander Kane hasn't really shown that he's changed. I think everyone deserves a second chance, obviously, but it feels like this might be his like third or fourth. So, you know, I think everyone has to kind of learn their lesson. Um, I don't know. Have any other sports like banned players ever? Has that been a thing? Like, not that he deserves like a ban, but I, I don't see any reason why he has to be playing in the NHL. Yeah. I mean, the NFL hasn't banned Antonio Brown. So. Yeah, that's true. Oh, no, yeah. I don't think so, honestly. It, besides, like in baseball, PEDs and all that, but yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean the Oilers are, Oilers are so desperate for a win right now. They might take Antonio Brown if he throws skates on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got that fire in him. <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, then again, like you think about the Oilers too. I know we we're going to talk about like the Oilers just complete failure of a season. I think they've lost six in a row now. They lost to Ottawa again on Saturday night. But if this team's like going to do whatever it takes to win a game, and they have to go to a Vander Kane, just can't like. He's not going to help their problems. Their problems have been goaltending and defense. Like, offense is not their struggle. They, you know, right. they scored four goals the other night. Like, they're fine. So, I don't know. I think it's just a bad message to send throughout the league. And I know I rambled on there again. My, Like I said, my thoughts are all over the place on this. But, um, yeah, I mean, do you have any other thoughts on it? 
I think you're right that it is a bad message for the league. And I know that the Oilers GM, Ken Holland, said that he does believe in second chances, but he's missing the mark here. Like yeah. We are not supposed to encourage this type of behavior in this league, in general, in society. It's not okay. It's it's just something that I wish the NHL would kind of step back and think about other people for once. Don't think about the money in it. Don't think about the mm-hmm. talent. Like think about how this is going to make people feel yeah. if they decide to give him a chance. Yeah. And he could be on an NHL team this week. I really don't. We're going to find I, out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I really don't know how it's going to play out. And not that I'm like even rooting against him, you know, but I, I, I don't, I don't know. It's going to be a weird, you know, transition phase to see him come to the league and see how he does. I'm curious. Definitely. And I feel like we're going to know really soon because we haven't heard already. And that's kind of surprising. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, keep your Twitter notifications on because that should be getting announced. Pro- honestly, probably Monday, probably today or tomorrow, yeah. Tuesday. That's what I would guess. But um, I think that kind of wraps it up for what we got this week trending. Um, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot more to talk about next week. But um, any final thoughts, Alexis, before I let you go? No, not really. We're getting close to the all-star break for a little bit. And what I guess might sort of be the Olympic break. I don't even know what they're doing with postponements at this point, but mm-hmm. things are going to probably amp up in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, hundred percent. Completely agree. Um, thank you as always for stopping by. And now I'm going to send it over to ESPN's Arda O'Kell. This week, I'm very happy to welcome the very popular ESPN host and broadcaster for the NHL. I think I can call you a friend now, Arda O'Call. Arda, how's it going? I'm good, Johnny. How are you, man? Do people call you Artie as like a, a nickname, or what's your? Uh, you got to have a hockey lingo nickname now. I don't. I don't have a hockey lingo. I should probably have one at some point, but uh, no. I think Arda is like such a unique. It rolls name off the tongue. Like, yeah, it's kind of yeah. like that's kind of a nickname in itself. Like mm-hmm. I already have a name that nobody else really has in hockey, so it's almost like yeah, yeah, just keep that. Yeah, fair enough. But I, I, guess, guess I don't know. Oaksy? Like, I don't I have no idea. I have no idea what my hockey name would be. I, I don't know. Like, it was actually, it's kind of funny that you mentioned this. I was listening to a podcast about uh, 90s goaltenders. Uh-huh. Uh, I think it was from, I think it was the score that put it on. I used to work there, too, a long time ago. And uh, there was one story there in the Curtis Joseph episode where, like, the Blues were thinking for, like, 45 minutes on what to name him. They're like, we can't call him joey we can't call him curtis you know what i mean like they were thinking uh-huh. they were workshopping names and then like cujo came out like after like 45 minutes of brainstorming at like Great a name. dinner and it's like that's like the one of the greatest nicknames ever in hockey yeah. right so like sometimes you got to think outside the box we haven't gotten there yet Our, we're, we're sticking with arda for now i guess yeah. but you know who knows one day <laughs> It's funny too. I I mean, this kind of just like popped in my head, but I remember watching twenty four seven like Road to the Winter Classic. I think it was Bruins Blackhawks and Tori Krug on the Bruins, obviously, and then Mason Kruger on the Blackhawks. Like their last names and nicknames were like kind of switched. So like the Bruins called Tori Krug Kruger and the Blackhawks called uh, Mason Kruger Krug. It was like kind of weird yeah. how it worked, but um, exactly. You can't use the same. You can't use yeah. the exact last name. You gotta you gotta change it up. No, yeah, definitely not. And and I want to kind of jump into the ESPN stuff right away. I mean, you've always been a guy, I feel like, that wants to bring out the personalities, you know, kind of like myself. I, I like to think I'm similar to you in the fact that, you know, I'm not here to spit facts and, you know, talk about numbers and percentages and all that stuff. But I just like to talk to people that truly just love the game and, and make the game more fun. So for you, how much fun has this year been so far being with ESPN? And I know you made your uh, debut on The Point last week. 
Yeah. So I, I, I've done a couple now. I did one like the first week of the point when it was uh, every day leading up to the season. Uh, mm -hmm. It's been a lot of fun. Hosting games has been an absolute blast. Like this is an absolute dream gig for me. Like mm -hmm. I, this is exactly what I would want to do with my career. You know, I get to do uh, a bunch of hockey coverage. I get to host games. I get to host in the crease. I get to fill in on the point. I get to do other content for hockey because it's, you know, my favorite sport. And I get to also on the uh, fill in on sports centers as needed. So, I mean, that's that's a dream gig for anyone who really wants to aspire to be a sports broadcaster who happens to love hockey. Right. So mm -hmm. uh, I have no complaints whatsoever. It's been an amazing ride. And, you know, like the NHL being back on ESPN uh, is is been a dream come true because there's been a, there's a lot of hockey fans. It's, it's one funny thing. It's almost like people come up to me sometimes and they say, oh, isn't it great to be able to talk about hockey again and it's like we never stopped yeah. yeah we haven't stopped yeah. talking about hockey it's just all of a sudden we have a larger megaphone to talk about hockey like there are a ton of hockey fans at espn believe you me like there are like conversations about hockey have been happening for years and years and years because there are a ton of fans it's just now we are a rights holder and you know the the, the landscape has changed that's what's different so I, I also want to say as a, a viewer, I'm a huge fan of the point. And for me, like, you know, I obviously the last like 10 years or so, I wake up, have a coffee and watch Stephen A. Smith on first take. And the point is kind of obviously it's that three o'clock Eastern, not, you know, 10 a.m., which maybe we can work on in the future because I'd love to wake up to some hockey talk. But um, it's so breathtaking, not breathtaking. It's so uh, refreshing, I guess, is the word to just have people kind of not necessarily, you know, talk about what's trending in the league in like such a professional way, but more so shoot the shit about hockey. And that's like, I feel like what you guys are maybe aiming for. And are we going to maybe see it more often? Or is the point going to stick to like a once a week kind of show? I, I would imagine like, I don't, I'm not in these conversations, but mm -hmm. I would imagine that around, I guess, big times of year, like does the point increase uh, in terms of number of shows a week during the playoffs? Maybe uh, it, it was definitely once a day at the beginning of the season at launch point. So if you're going off of that and strictly that, that could very well happen, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know because I'm not in those conversations, like I said, but if I were to guess, educated guess, maybe. But I mean, just the fact that a show like The Point exists and you know, uh, we will have more announcements about shows uh, on digital. Like for example, the first day of the regular season, we did a digital show on ESPN's Twitter, YouTube, et cetera, called The Drop, mm -hmm. uh, which was myself and Greg Wyshynski. And fans can look forward to that returning at some point. And maybe there'll be more shows like that, you know? So there's definitely a lot of content on the horizon. And I'll say, like, even in hosting The Point last week, to your point, there's a lot of great storytelling that's happening yeah. that normally wouldn't have a place anywhere else. We aired last week. When I filled in, we aired a 12 minute, I call it a mini documentary yeah. on Jack Hughes. Like it was, it was a very, very substantial feature on Jack Hughes. And you got a really great glimpse into his personality and how he interacts with his teammates, especially his roommate, Ty Smith. And there were some funny moments in there about how he can't cook broccoli. broccoli. But then yeah. there's also, there's also stuff about his on ice play and how he's been, you know, his development in the league and how he's been enjoying that journey and some of the challenges, et cetera. Like it was a really substantial piece. And the point is a perfect place to tell those kind of stories. And, uh, you know, for, for me being part of the team, it's like, 
this is awesome that we can find these stories, tell these stories, talk to people and, and really bring this out because that's what hockey fans want and crave. And yeah. now we finally have an opportunity to do this for them. Yeah, I thought Emily Kaplan absolutely crushed that feature. Um, it was it was really entertaining. I actually watched it twice um, just because I've become a fan of Jack Hughes. I think he's an awesome kid, awesome for the game. But let me kind of ask you on top of that, if you could do a feature on one player right now, who would you want to do a 12-minute piece on? I, I mean, I feel like one of the big stories this year, uh, or at least like something that we consistently talk about, but it feels a little bit different this year, I should say, is hockey culture. I feel yeah. like... I mean, uh, Emily also did a feature uh, ESPN cover story on Austin Matthews at the start mm -hmm. of the year that had a lot of hockey culture conversation in it. Jack Hughes, Trevor Zegras, Adam Fox. You know, there are a lot of players that you could point to that say, you know, they're making contributions and trying to help shift the paradigm. You know, I, I love this story, for example, of Jack Hughes scoring in overtime, throwing a stick over the glass, but then him and Jack Hughes having a, pardon me, uh, him and Trevor Zegras yeah. having a text message, uh, texting back and forth saying, hey, if I do Zegras going, if I score in overtime and do the exact same thing, lo and behold, it happens, you know? Like, I, I, I love those little stories or the, um, th there's many, many stories like that that you hear about that you just, it just warms your heart. Like, it just like, okay, I for everyone that's talking about, ah, oh, traditional hockey and believe me there is definitely a place for tradition in hockey there's definitely some things uh that should absolutely be revered and kept but that does that's not to say there's not a happy medium to be able to express yourself and your personality in certain things i'm a big fan of abolishing the dress code i don't think that players need to show up in a suit and tie if they don't want to that's just me that's just my personal opinion everyone can have an opinion like miles bridges in the nba showing up in a darth vader costume uh -huh. i thought that was awesome same I don't have a problem with that at all. I, is that going to contribute to the downfall of the team? No. No. So, like, I, I mean, things like that, in my humble opinion, there's definitely places where we can relax a little bit on what people would label as, quote, unquote, hockey culture or traditional hockey culture or whatever the case may be. But I will say this, with the players like we just talked about that are really talking about it, bring it to the forefront consistently. I do think that it's relaxing. I do see a change and I do think that we're getting there step by step. It's not as quickly as people might want, but it's definitely on that path. Are you a big NBA fan as well? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I love, I love, I mean, just as much the product on the court as what's happening around the court. I love um, social uh, NBA social media is fascinating to me yeah. because there's so many funny people that are, you know, posting about the NBA and also how the players act and, 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 and how they're interacting with the media and what kind of content they're putting out, et cetera. Like I find that all to be absolutely fascinating. Yeah. I'm a huge NBA fan. Also, I'm a big Knicks fan. Um, but I actually, so I touched on this a little bit in my last episode, just talking about, you know, Jack Hughes, these like young personalities and how it's so different with NBA players versus NHL players. And I, I, I hate to repeat myself, but I kind of want to get your opinion on it. I think it's so wild that John Morant, listen, NBA All-Star, unreal player, second overall draft pick, has 4.5 million followers on Instagram. Jack Hughes, 334,000. Like the difference between the following in, in an NBA superstar and an NHL superstar is wild. And I, I think you can appreciate that as a content guy. So, you know, what are these young guys necessarily like Zegris, 
uh, Hughes. I know Foxy isn't like so active on Instagram, but like just to get their popularity uh, a little bit risen throughout the entire country, not only like within the hockey culture, hockey community, like how do these guys really gain so much popularity? Is it, is it fashion? Is it like being on TV? Like how do they really do that? Cause I, I don't really have an answer for it. Well, I mean, the first thing we should point out is that the NBA is a juggernaut in terms yeah. of sports, right? And particular in terms of popularity, especially over the last decade, 15, 20 years, you look at the rise of popularity of the NBA, mm -hmm. uh, it has definitely exploded. And the NHL is, is, is not, it's, it's like, it's not, you can't compare the two in terms of popularity in the United States. That's just a fact. That's just yeah. the way that it is. And so by virtue of that, the stars of the NBA will no doubt have a lot more attention than the stars in the NHL. But that's not to say that the NHL can't grow and those stars can, and those stars can't be found. Also, one of the going back to that conversation about hockey culture, you know, there's there's always that there's always the thought of hockey players shouldn't say the word I the the crest on the front of your jersey is more important than the name on the back of your jersey in the NBA. That sort of personality, that sort of outward expression is encouraged mm -hmm. and is it, the, the culture it, it, it allows for that. It, it it supports that. And I'm not saying that that's not necessarily the case in the NHL, but I believe we will eventually get to a point where that kind of expression will be encouraged. And I think that that will help as well, because as we know, social media Really, if you want to grow your social media following, you have to be consistent, you have to be creative, you have to be informative, you have to be funny. Like there are certain buckets that you can notice people growing their social media followings. Why do you follow people on social media? The very small percentage of people is because they're celebrities and you're just yeah. interested in them as human beings and you want to know what they're up to, right? But then maybe similarly to athletes, like, okay, I want to follow... Um, Connor McDavid on Instagram because he's Connor McDavid, or I want yeah. to follow Hillary Knight on, on social media because she's Hillary Knight, for example. Right. Mm -hmm. But like for other people, there's, there's reasons, right? Like if I'm, uh, I don't know, a third line center and I'm not, I don't <laughs> necessarily have that cachet. What if I'm con uh, consistently posting on social media? What if I'm putting interesting things behind the scenes that fans can't see? What if I'm funny? What if I'm engaging? Like there are always these hooks, these reasons for people to follow you, right? But that comes with uh, the, the the culture too. Like yeah. it's it needs to be an, a, a collaborative, inclusive culture of you're not going to be shamed necessarily for posting on social media frequently or or whatever the case may be right like we're getting to a point where that's going to happen in hockey where that this kind of it will be encouraged at some point it may not be sooner than later uh, or sooner than people will have hoped but i do believe we're going to get there eventually yeah i i think uh, a huge advocate for that too i mean it might not be like the most glamorous of posting but you know robin leonard has done an incredible yeah. job just like speaking out and and i uh i got a chance to read uh jess granger's story today on him i don't know if, if, you, if you caught that but like that's another difference too right like i i hate to like keep going back to the nba but you know kevin love like gets up off the bench in the middle of the game and like goes to the locker room because he's have like having an anxiety attack where you know robin leonard is a guy who obviously has been battling with mental health illness but um you know i feel like just hockey toughness would if, if he got up off you know off the ice in the middle of the game 
that could like ruin his career. I don't even know. You know, it's just such the, a different, you know, the, 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 the concept of ho- like being a hockey guy or yeah. hockey toughness, right? Like you said, yeah. uh, that certainly is a thing. We Anybody listening to this, watching this right now knows exactly what we're talking about when we say he's a hockey guy. Yeah. He's hockey tough. We They know as soon as we say this, right? Mm-hmm. Like you understand it. The perfect example. Oh, that person uh, lost a tooth, didn't miss a shift. This person needed stitches, came right back on the bench. Yeah. This person got a gash on their leg from a skate. They're right back on the ice. Like that sort of hockey toughness, right? Now, some of those situations, we can credit that to, to toughness and, okay, they're fine to continue to play. But other situations, like one big change, for example, uh, the concern for, for head trauma, right? Like what happens in the NHL now uh, in terms of concussion protocol, vastly different than what happened in the quote-unquote old days, decades oh, yeah. ago, whatever the case may be, right? Like the game evolves and changes and maybe that paradigm of what we consider to be quote unquote hockey tough will also change because we realize that at the end of the day, we want these athletes to be in tip top optimal condition, optimal being the word here, because we want them to play for very long careers Mm -hmm. because we want to watch the best play against the best. And so that definition is fluid too. That could look vastly different five years from now than it does today. It's funny that you say that too, because probably my favorite NHL call of all time, which I'm sure you're going to maybe agree with, but the off the floor on the board, Paul Korea, if that hit happens today, he's not coming back in that game. No No way. Exactly. Doctors would not let him back. Right. And we look back on that moment because he scored a goal. And I mean, to hear him talk about it now is, is definitely a lesson learned though, because like he talks about how he doesn't remember much from the game, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And like, that's scary to think about now, knowing what we know, uh, about about head trauma and concussions, right? So what I will say is I, I think that we are getting to, we're eventually going to get to a place where the athletes will feel safe. The, the paradigm is in a place where it needs to be. And we are all still enjoying the game as much as we do. Yeah. I, I want to shift gears and talk about some fun stuff. I know we got a little uh, little serious there, but um, you spent some time with MSG covering the Rangers and the Devils, and I didn't even know prior to this that you were a Rangers fan. So can you talk about your time like covering the Rangers, being at MSG, and um, just kind of your experience in New York? Yeah, so I joined MSG Networks after. So I moved to the States uh, when I got a job at WWE, of all places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked there for a couple of years. And I missed sports, honestly. And so after I left WWE, I knocked on some doors. I had a lot of hockey experience in my background. All, at the very beginning of my career, I wanted to do hockey. But uh-huh. in Canada, I, I, I got a lot of advice from different people saying, maybe you should pursue um, an off-the-beaten-path track because there's so many people that want to do hockey in Canada, even if one position became available, there would be 40, 50, 60 people behind that person that would be lobbying for those jobs. And so for someone starting out, it would be extremely difficult to even crack the egg of hockey in Canada. So I took the wrestling route and uh, that worked out for me. But after that ended, uh, I wanted to get back into sports, in particular hockey. So the MSG Networks gig came up. Uh, luckily, the timing worked out fantastic. They were launching a new show called the MSG Hockey Show, uh, and we ended up doing that for two seasons. It was myself and Anson Carter and Will Reeve, 
Uh, and it was a blast. We had a, a lot of fun. It came on after Rangers games and, and, and Devils Islanders Sabres as well. And then through there, I got connected with the Rangers and the Devils organizations, and I did different things for them for the, for the next few years. Uh, with the Rangers in particular, I did the whole 2017 playoff run uh, where I was basically their activation host. I, I did a, I forget the name of it. Someone can tell me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. It was a big tent with a whole bunch of activations. There was a VR station. There was a big stage right on the street where we did a whole bunch of alumni conversations. And uh, it was a lot of fun. There were you know, a whole bunch of alumni for fans to meet, et cetera. It was a blast. And I was there every game. I actually got on the, I think it was the New York Daily News when Rick Nash scored cool. in overtime. And I was like in the background, like, ah, you can see me like right against the glasses. It was like uh-huh. really funny, very randomly. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a ton of fun. And I, I, I kept in touch with the Rangers and kept doing events on and off with them. Uh, uh, still today, honestly, like every now and then I'll pop in and do a one-off event. But uh, yeah, no, it was a ton of fun. And there also is where I started to do the NHL Gaming World Championship, which was sort of like my the marriage of two things that I love, video games mm-hmm. and hockey. So uh, that's that's been a blast as well. And uh, yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, MSG was really, really good to me. I even did some Knicks uh, 150s, uh, which were, which were mm-hmm. a blast. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I, I, nothing but great memories from my MSG days. I feel like we're a little spoiled as Rangers fans with just the talent that we have at MSG. I mean, you know, when I watch the Knicks, well, Clyde Frazier and Mike Breen are arguably the best duo in basketball. And then hockey as well, Sam Rose and Joe Micheletti, um, you know, John Giano and Bill Pito, those guys are awesome. And even like the Devils and Islanders have great broadcasting teams as well. I mean, I yeah. feel like every MSG broadcaster also does national coverage too. Like it's kind of crazy, how, like even basketball as well. But I, I did want to ask you about the gaming stuff. I don't really have so much experience in it. You know, I play like NHL every now and then, but I don't really get the whole competitive gaming world. So can you kind of describe like what you're doing in the gaming world right now? Yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's uh, basically, I mean, esports is exploding. I mean, uh-huh. it, it's exploding in the sense that more people are understanding what it is. There's scholarships are, for it, right? Exactly. Like it's yeah. starting to get into the college realm. They're starting to be... I wouldn't be surprised if we see varsity esports teams uh, at every school in the next 15, 20 years. Like I, I do feel like uh, this is a realm where people are really starting to understand it or at least acknowledge it now as opposed to laugh it off. Right. Yeah. Like there's a generation of people, myself included, that grew up with video <laughs> games as a hobby. But now uh, there's a whole generation, at least two or three of them, that grew up with video games as a viable career path yeah. to play them or create content with video games, which is absolutely amazing. And so with the NHL Gaming World Championship, it's basically the top level competition for uh, the EA NHL game that comes out every year. And the NHL puts on a tournament uh, and it's, you know, a large prize pool of 50 grand, 60, 70 grand, whatever the whatever the total prize pool is. And uh, a world champion is crowned, at least for the first two seasons. And obviously the pandemic hit and mm-hmm. uh, the, the championships became regional. But but yeah, no, that's been a that's been a blast. I mean, I, I, I applaud the NHL for getting into that bubble uh, and trying to encourage teams to put on different events as well. Uh, actually, the Rangers almost did. Let me show yeah. you this. So this is a uh, this is a Rangers gaming, uh, a one of one. This is mm-hmm. the only one that exists. Uh, I definitely may or may <laughs> not have five finger discounted this from uh-huh. the uh, from the set. Maybe I asked permission. You know, I'm not going to confirm or deny that why I have this. But uh, this was going to be an event for the Rangers. It was going to be their official Rangers esports event. 
and it never happened. Uh, and I, I'm not sure why. I actually have no idea why. I know they, I know there were plans for it to happen, uh, but it never did. It ended up being an activation uh, with a couple of Rangers players. I think like Brady Shea was involved, uh, and they ended up playing video games against. I think it was the Knicks gaming team, uh, which was still a lot of fun. But um, yeah, so. Now Rangers fans know at least there were thoughts about doing an esports event, but I wouldn't be surprised in the future if the Rangers put on an event where they bring in, hey, like if you think you're good at this game, come compete in our tournament kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But I will say that we probably would have that the esports ecosystem in the NHL particularly probably would be a lot farther along if not for COVID. But I think uh, once it's once we feel safer to come yeah. together for events, I think that will hit the ground running again. I hate that I'm going to ask this, but on top of like the esports and and like virtual kind of stuff, I, I've just been learning about the metaverse. Yeah. I don't know if you've looked into it at all. Um, so like I actually saw like Reese Witherspoon tweet about it today, like how you know in the near future, I guess uh, there's going to be like everything's going to be through crypto and we're going to have our own like on like online virtual personalities or something like that. And I, I haven't asked anyone really about it, but I feel like you'll have some good insight. So I guess like, you know, five, 10 years from now, are we going to be like watching the NHL, like virtual reality? Like I feel like so, you have something good here. <laughs> great, great question. So, uh, okay. So those are two different things. So the metaverse, yeah. and I won't get too deep in the rabbit hole here. Uh, I highly encourage everyone. If you're interested in understanding what this all means, go and learn about it. We're still in the very early stages of like mainstream adoption of what the metaverse is to understand it. Basically, it's all virtual existence is, is the best way to put it. But we'll leave it at that for the metaverse. <laughs> Do your own research. Uh -huh. at, least, at least watch a couple of YouTube videos to understand exactly what, it, what people are talking about. I do recommend that. What I will say is this about how we will consume sports. So I... When I, I did a podcast at MSG Networks, and one of my guests was a guy by the name of Blake J. Harris. He wrote a book uh, about the history of video games, but his next project was about virtual reality and the history of it, but what is also to come. And he said, which has stuck with me, and I, and I can now absolutely see this happening, is he said, in the near future, it could still be five, 10 years, whatever the case may be. But in the near future, there will exist a world where through virtual reality, you will put on a helmet and you will all of a sudden be sitting at Madison Square Garden. You will have a virtual ticket. You will have the exact angle as if you're sitting in that seat. Wow. But not only will you be able to see exactly what you would see sitting in that seat, you would also hear everything exactly the same, but you would also smell everything like and it would almost be like a complete recreative experience as if you are actually sitting there like it would be like a completely immersive. I am at MSG. I can see the roof. I feel I smell I sense like that's how he described it. He's like, you will be able to have that exact experience of going to the game at home. That Which is so to wild. me is like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, so wild. that's amazing. Like, can yeah. you imagine? Like, I mean, even just think of it from a company perspective. Like if I, if I'm a team, like all of a sudden, am I selling season tickets through VR now? Is that a whole extra arena that I'm selling? Does that get connected to the people that buy the physical tickets? Like, what will that look like? How will it feel? Like, trust me, VR has made leaps and bounds of improvement since you know, even five years ago, like 
what you're able to experience now is astounding. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 I play VR often and, and I'm like, like fascinated by it because I do feel like this is the future, like of, of gaming, but also of sports consumption. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is, it's not there yet, but it's definitely on its way. But you're still going to have to go to the physical MSG to get that famous Madison Square Garden popcorn. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They yeah, won't bring exactly. you that. They won't bring exactly. you that at home. No, unfortunately, unless you buy, go and buy your own. Exactly. Exactly. It's, yeah. it's so weird to think about, though. I mean, like, I'm definitely going to get off topic here. Now we're talking about like real, real world stuff, just you know, for like a quick second here. But I feel like the last ten years, everything with technology has been built to like bring people together, and now we're just going in the opposite direction. Like, I don't want to sit on my couch with a helmet on and like not talk to my friends or parents, like watching the well, game. Actually, I think they the, the whole idea would be that they would also be in their homes and you would be with them. It's almost as if you're sitting beside each other and you're still having that collaborative. Yeah, you're still uh-huh. having that shared experience and you're able to talk to them and see them beside you. Oh, you I can see them that, beside you? Yeah, so like imagine you're sitting here, but like you can still see people in the arena. So those people, they're Whoa. in there. Yeah, so like you're seeing, Whoa. let's say your dad beside you and yeah. you're seeing your friend beside you, right? So like- those that would be the experience, except you're a little bit more comfortable because you're not like scrunched yeah. into a seat, I guess. My mind is like, and and it doesn't smell like beer and like pee next to you, probably, but <laughs> my mind is like spinning. That depends right where now. you are in your house, I guess. I guess. <laughs> that's more Nassau Coliseum, anyway, but that building's done. Uh, <laughs> um, but that's wild. My head is like spinning. I, I mean, I just can't like wrap my head because I've obviously been looking into it for like work, and they're talking sure. about how you're gonna have like a you know your own like virtual person at work, and you can have like a virtual meeting. But that's besides the point. Oh, yeah. Know. No, that's a whole yeah. other conversation. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. People, if you're if you play <laughs> video games, you already have this familiarity of it. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like avatars with like different outfits and skins, et cetera. Like people, if you're let's say you play Fortnite or Minecraft or whatever you play, uh-huh. you already understand this concept. You know okay. what I mean? Like you yeah. are already very well aware. The other thing is like NFTs. People talk about NFTs all the time. That's like a buzzword now. What is an NFT? What is this mm-hmm. thing? It's a digital collectible. I can't hold it in my hands. What the heck is this thing? Don't don't be surprised if in the future, and you're already seeing teams start to experiment with this, but don't be surprised if all of a sudden your ticket to go into a game is a digital ticket yeah. and it's a collectible, right? Like if I had a ticket from game seven of the 94 Stanley Cup final, right? Mm-hmm. I could probably sell that for a pretty penny if I wanted to. Like I'd probably yeah. keep it because I love to, as you can tell, I like to collect stuff, but yeah. like, I'd probably, I could probably sell that on eBay and get a pretty decent amount, right? Now, here's the thing with NFTs, eventually, like you're going to get a ticket, let's say, and it might have a highlight on it from the game, or it might have a moment or some sort of uniqueness to it that then you can either keep and collect yourself or you can sell that as well. The beauty of the NFT is that there will always be a ledger on what it was sold for, how many times, what day and to whom. So you'll always know with that, with that ticket stub, you may never know. Yeah. So like, anyway, we're getting deep into the yeah, whole NFT rabbit <laughs> yeah. hole here, but anyhow, a, I wish I'm I did a, have a game seven ticket stuff. I do have this though, actually. Hold on. Let me show you. This was one of my keepsakes from MSG given to me by the uh, Rangers executive team. This is a VHS tape. Wow. Of uh, game seven. I think it's the whole run. Oh, wow. And it says hosted by uh, Sam Rosen, John Davidson and Al Trotwick. How about that? How that's about the so holy cool. trinity of of uh, old school Rangers commentary? That's like that's awesome. like that is the trifecta right there, right? Yeah, that's good. And stuff. it has Messier on it with who I now work with, which is like absolutely surreal. That's I was going to ask you about that too. Actually, there, there you go. That's no. cool. 
Also, VHS tape. Anyone knows what a VHS tape is these days? <laughs> like, it's like the <laughs> oldest of, like, this is amazing. You could probably sell like that it. for some good money too, though. I am not selling. Yeah, Are you I, kidding me? Yeah. I, I would keep this forever. No way. I wouldn't recommend it. But Don't I was, make yeah. me an offer on Twitter, actually. I'm just kidding. I'm not yeah. selling. Not for sale. I used to, uh, as a kid, you'll appreciate this probably. I, I had like the iPod Nano, like the first one that had like video <laughs> on it. Yeah. And I had the, I didn't have a TV in my room growing up. So I only had Game 7 94 like video on my uh, iPod. Beautiful. And I, Beautiful. I like need to fall asleep to like TV or like some kind of thing, like with my yeah. eyes open. That's uh, just <laughs> how I am. Is this Game but 7? I would only watch Game 7 on my, on my iHome or whatever. I'd plug it into the iHome and just watch Game 7 every night to fall asleep. It was kind of wild. But I, you, you mentioned Mark Messier. I just got to ask. Like, yeah. Obviously, you know, ESPN has a very talented NHL roster right now, and you're just like surrounded by hockey celebrities pretty much every day. I mean, I don't know if you're in the office every day, but um, are you ever in awe of just the people that you work with right now? I, I love our team. I uh-huh. think that ESPN brought together a collection of incredible hockey talent, smart, know the game very well, uh, well-researched, well-respected. It's, it's a, it's a fantastic team from the hosts to the analysts, the reporters. It's been an absolute blast to be surrounded by them. I, I often work, I mean, I work with even last Thursday, you know, like I was just sitting and doing uh, cut-ins, which is basically studio updates, basically, you know, giving updates around the league on uh, on the game on ESPN. And I was sitting in studio with with Linda Conan and Mess and uh, just just to hear them talk hockey, you know, is 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 a treat. Mm-hmm. And to just hear stories about uh, Mark Messier's career, uh, he so uh, um, I think it was Matt Boldy for the Wild that scored yeah. his first NHL goal, mm-hmm. and so I asked uh, Mark. I said, "Hey, Mess, do you remember your first NHL goal?" He was like, "Yep, yeah, it was on my mother's birthday, and I scored it against Rogie Vashon." <laughs> and I'm like, "Man, wow. like you've had so many." The guy won six Stanley Cups. He's like the greatest leader in sports history, one of the greatest NHL players ever. But you never forget your first NHL goal, right? Like it's just one of those things that you never forget. And so that was kind of cool. And, and then, and then they uh, brought it up on the broadcast, which was neat too. But yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I listen, like I not, it is not lost on me that I'm living a, a charmed existence, uh, you know, being able to be around such great hockey minds. Like I, I have done many broadcasts with John Tortorella now. And like, I just feel so much smarter about <laughs> hockey when I leave, you know, like he's a wonderful, like we, and oftentimes we don't even talk about hockey, like just the, He'll, he'll tell me about, you know, we'll just talk about life. And uh, he's a big, um, he's big on um, horses and, and, and rescuing horses. We talk about that a lot. And, you know, j- but just like the hockey part of it, it's just like the way that they think about the game helps me look at the game like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I'm grateful to that because it makes me more analytical and, and, and more of a, uh, the, you know, to way to parse the game and to think about the game. So yeah, I am completely blessed in that regard. It's so funny too to think about like I I just crack myself up and this is maybe like a loserish thing to say just about myself, but like just thinking about like a you know ESPN NHL like Slack. I don't know if you guys use Slack or anything <laughs> like, like like a group chat like you know like you're oh, I'm running five minutes late late torts like 
hang on and you know just john twitter like replying the first actually the funny thing is the first (laughs) the first time like i had no idea that torts had joined us uh uh, on es because he wasn't part of the uh original press release where it was like that you know like 30 people or whatever got announced so how i learned about this was they over the summer we had a giant zoom call of like all the talent and all the producers and so I was just like scrolling through the names and then it's, and, and all of a sudden one pops up, John Tortorella. And I'm like, John Tortorella, like what's going on here? And then all of a sudden, five seconds later, the video pops up and I'm like, Torts is with us now. Like it was like such a, I was like, okay, yeah. awesome. That's yeah. So it was cool. like such a, such a funny moment, but like, yeah, that's how I, how I learned about it on zoom. That's so funny. Yeah. He's, he's the best. I mean, even uh you know i was actually texting with emily a little bit just like in preparation for this i wanted to get some funny stories and she was saying how uh to ask about how torts chose boxed mac and cheese over uh chicken parm i guess oh yeah so at the end of the the point he there's like a what will he eat kind of thing and obviously with bucci the whole chicken parm and so Uh that's usually part of it so since he wasn't there uh, we thought, well, maybe we'll just change up the food. So when he comes out, so I didn't know that he was a big mac and cheese fan. I had no uh-huh. clue. And so when they did the big reveal, uh, I looked at it and I was like, mac and cheese. <laughs> like I love mac and cheese. Don't get yeah. me wrong. Like I'm a big mac and cheese fan. I feed it to my daughter all the time. And uh, but it looked like boxed mac and cheese. So he's like, he's loving it. He's like, yes, let's go. Like he's clapping and he's just <laughs> loving it. So like the funny part of that is, so we start eating it and I, um, he's, and then he also mentions on the show, like, oh yeah, I love uh, chopping up hot dogs and putting it into my mac and cheese as well. Like, Ooh. it sounds like such a college yeah. thing to do, but like, it's something I totally do. You know <laughs> I what I mean? It's a college thing. Mac and cheese. Well, I don't know. You didn't do that at dogs? college, mac and cheese and hot dogs. Like you're kind of like a starving student and you're just like, I'm going to look for like, you know, that and ramen noodles. I don't know. That's what I did yeah. in college. Maybe I actually put hot dogs and know. beans. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. But like, but like mac and cheese, like, you know, I mean. I even asked him off camera, like the best part of the whole thing was off camera when the show ended. So we're eating it. And I'm like, so wait, you would rather this like like boxed mac and cheese over like gourmet pasta and like high end cheese. And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, really? Like actually boxed mac and cheese better. He's like, yes. And I'm like, with no ketchup and nothing. And then he stops and he's like, just shut up and eat it. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. So we just ate it. It was hilarious. That's so funny. <laughs> I, I guess while we're on that topic too, because I, I love asking people that um, you know do live TV and just like on on live air, um, you got to treat your body just like an NHL player would, and and you know you can't just like go to the bathroom, you know, during live air. So <laughs> like, have you ever had any funny stories where you just like you know can't hold in anything and you got to go to the bathroom like while you're recording or while you're live? I've definitely uh, had. I've I've held it in during Sports Center. Uh-huh. This is like my favorite uh, yeah, question to ask, by the way. I, that I love is, this it, so it, that was rough. That was the worst <laughs> Sports Center I ever did. It was a Saturday morning, <laughs> and it was a three-hour shift. Now, to be fair, the first hour is usually like we're just on the entire time, and then the next couple of hours, some of the segments will re-air. But I think something, maybe news dropped or something to that effect, and so we couldn't leave. <laughs> and man, I. I have a small bladder as it is. Like, I know uh-huh. that's TMI, but like, uh, you know, I drink one coffee and I got to like, I immediately need to yeah. head to the restroom. <laughs> uh, Same. Could, that could not happen. And I was struggling with a capital <laughs> S. It was 
awful. Like you could, like, I, you, I probably, if you look at, look back at it, I'm probably like shaking at the desk <laughs> and I'm just like on the, on the final on cam, I'm uh-huh. just like, all right, goodbye everyone. See you later. And I'm just like, say, grab my papers and, and just, you know, do the whole, like put them in order and then, then throw them into the recycling bin and then beeline it to the bathroom Cause mm-hmm. I, I can't hold it. Like, this is it. Enough is enough. Like I'm done. That was like a, Oh yeah, that was rough. And it, I don't wish that upon anyone, by the way. Like it is, yeah, no. <laughs> when I had Kenny on here, Kenny always said to, to stay away from the, the hot dogs in Montreal. Apparently, those are dangerous. Oh man, okay, I I did not know that, and I yeah. shall. I definitely will. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I love asking that question. I mean, everyone can relate to to every stuff, single you know? look. If 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 anyone on the air. Johnny tells you that that's never happened to them. They are lying through mm-hmm. their teeth. I agree. Everybody on the air has, has a story like this. Everyone. <laughs> even, you know, even I do. I've, I've had to stop yeah. a zoom before. You oh. know, and thank God it's not you. Thank God I'm good right now. We're, yeah, we're good. <laughs> but, um, I got one, I got one more fun one, um, to ask you. I, I got a couple more questions if that's okay. Of course. Um, I know we've been going a little long here, but I know. I like to like think outside the box with like um, merging sports. You know, I, I like to hear um, some of my favorite broadcasters, like you know Charles Barkley, talk about the NHL when he's on NBA and TNT. I think it's really cool how he admires playoff hockey, and um, you know Charles is one of the guys I have in mind that would I would love to like listen to call an NHL game. Um, are there any people that you admire not in the game of hockey? Like, I know you're a big combat sport guy. I actually love Ariel Hawani. I don't know if you're mm-hmm. a fan of his, but anyone that comes to mm-hmm. mind for you to maybe like call an ESPN NHL game. I mean, Mike Breen for me is another one. I think he'd be sick. I think like any broadcasters like to that level, like uh-huh. Mike Breen, Doris Burke, Doris Burke, uh, you know, too. of that, of that like ilk, when you get to a certain level, I think that you can learn the mechanics of doing mm-hmm. a game. It's at the end of the day, like, we have a lot of even even NHL and ESPN. You have people like Sean McDonough, Bob Wischusen, like they do multiple sports and they're mm-hmm. really good at it, right? Um, I think once you get to a certain level, I mean, Kenny's a great example. He's yeah, he does all four sports like, everywhere. He's, he's incredible, <laughs> yeah. right? Like so, I I think one thing I would love to see from hockey, and there have been people that have occupied this role in the past. I wonder who the Stephen A. of hockey is going to be. <sighs> I love that you said that because I love you know, Stephen A. and I want it to happen so bad. I I I I, I loved the hockey content that Stephen A. did uh-huh. uh, leading up to the the season. I, I hope that there's uh, more to come. I mean, I don't I, I don't work with Stephen A. Uh, and I would love. I I I think it was hilarious when he was doing his top fives. Yeah, and you know, like I would love nothing more than to see Stephen A you know, rag on Maple Leafs fans the way he does Cowboys fans, Mm -hmm. you know, like Mm -hmm. how about them Maple Leafs instead of wearing a cowboy hat, he's wearing one of those like Canadian, like a toque or like a a Canadian, um, you know, a fur hat or whatever, you know, Uh Uh, I would love that because I think that he would knock it out of the park with to that point, though, I would love to see who would occupy a role like that. I think that's one area. Mm-hmm. And and look, I'm not saying that it's somebody that you would agree with. The, the best part of people like Stephen A and people who have very strong opinions and deliver them in an entertaining way is that you don't always agree with them. Yeah. You either love the take, you hate the take, but you respect the take and you want to hear what they have to say. 
And I think that there is a there is room for that kind of broadcaster mm-hmm. for hockey. And no, I and I and I wonder where that's gonna you can't like if I were to ask you who's the Stephen A of hockey, I don't think that there would be one unanimous answer among hockey fans right now. I think most people would just say Barry Melrose only because he's been on ESPN for all these years. That's sure. that's like he's not the one that's gonna like cause that kind of uh passion. So there's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah, Barry's amazing. I've I've worked with him for years now. He's amazing. Mm-hmm. I think I I think I think that there are a lot of people like Barry, and Barry mm-hmm. is absolutely one of them, where you respect their opinions because they've been in hockey for so long and they've been doing this for a very long time and so you absolutely want to hear what they have to say yeah no doubt about it i i'm not disputing that whatsoever coming from a place of like like the 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 passionate take yeah that's that's what i was saying like barry barry obviously knows everything he's talking about but i just don't get like fired up you know like Stephen a could talk about anything and it's must watch tv like you know it's just just how it is but whether you um, love it or you hate it you watch it right like that's the thing And, and and it's it's a it's a polarizing figure in we've had that in the past yeah uh, in in hockey but I wonder where that will come from yeah it's I funny guess. too because Max Kellerman I, like is another one that I love and there's one take that I'll just never let like not that I know him but I'll never let him live down it's the uh, him saying that UFC is one of the four main sports in the U S and hockey's the outside hockey's the fifth. Like it wasn't a top four sport. I was like, that's UFC is definitely. I mean, listen, I love it's not a team sport though. It's definitely, sure, but it is a it is a very popular yeah. sport. I, I don't like people that say it's not a sport. It absolutely is a sport, mm-hmm. but it is. Uh, it it's definitely. I mean, it's experience exponential it's growth. Yeah, it's absolutely, massive. it's experience exponential growth, especially in popularity. So no, I I mean, I I. I I think that I, it, it'll take a while for the UFC to break the top four. I mean, you know, popularity, whatever the case may be. But for, for people to say that it's not a sport is is ludicrous. No, I, I mean, they train like athletes. They're athletes. Like, I, I, they I are even, athletes. Yeah. They are. It's just it's, people now, whether you appreciate combat sports or not, that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. But the UFC is absolutely a sport. That There's no there's no debate about that. I consider there Joey is. Chestnut to be an athlete. <laughs> I, I'm, be, I'm being dead. I'm dead serious. He's the goat. Actually, I'm, de- okay? I'm dead serious. Let's, yeah. Let us. We cannot say the 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 divine name of Joey Chestnut and not put the correct respect on that name. Yeah. Okay. The goat. The greatest. But don't you agree? The I think championships speak for themselves. Don't you agree, though? If you're competing for a, a physical um, competition. You should be considered an athlete. We're 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 really veering now. When we're we talking about is golf a sport? Is this yeah. a sport? Is that a sport? Yeah. All right. Well, let me let me ask you one final question <laughs> then. Let me uh let me go back here. You know, I know you're obviously um you know someone who takes a lot of pride in their heritage. Um, mm-hmm. I believe you're Muslim Canadian, correct? Mm-hmm. So yes, a guy like Nazim Kadri, as we talk right now, it's Tuesday night. Um, I think it's the eleventh. He's fourth in points in, in the NHL. And for you, how cool is that to see? Because I know for me, I grew up as a Jewish kid on Long Island. Adam Fox is a good friend of mine. And to see him like win the Norris Trophy as the first Jewish kid to ever win like a major NHL award was so cool. And there's so much pride in the Jewish community, especially where I'm from. But, you know, you being a Muslim Canadian in Toronto, I know he played for Toronto. I think he's from Toronto as well. It's got to be super cool for you to watch his success this year. To, to your point, Zach Hyman too. He's yep. uh, he's been uh, great. He's also a big gamer too. He actually yeah. owns an esports team, uh, but he's really? uh, very proud. Yeah, he, uh, he owns an esports team 
when he was in Toronto, I think it, I forget the name of it. Eleven esports. Anyway, whatever the name is, he definitely <laughs> owns an esports team. That's how we first started talking. Actually, was uh, so because cool. he was a big gamer. He got involved with a lot of events, but then he put together his own teams. He was looking for like Fortnite players, etc. Uh, but uh, but yeah, also uh, very proud of his background, uh, as as everyone should be. People should absolutely be proud uh, of where they come from and their backgrounds. And honestly, in the case of uh, uh, Nazim Kadri. I think it's fantastic. Like one thing that I love so much is, and, and this is to a much smaller scale than a professional athlete playing in a, in the biggest league that they possibly can. Like whenever I receive a message from someone that's like, wow, I saw your name on television or I saw you on sports center. And like, I didn't know that people like us could even dream to do a job like this. Like mm-hmm. growing up, I didn't have many role models that were of the same background as me, or this is the same faith as me. Like it was really Muhammad Ali, right? There weren't many other people that you could look up to and say, I can do that. If they can do it, I can do it as well. And that's so important. Imagine how many people of Arabic descent, Lebanese descent of Muslim faith, uh, how many kids across North America, maybe the world that see Kadri on the back of a Jersey and they get inspired because Nazim Kadri is doing it. And Nazim Kadri uh, is a Lebanese Canadian and he's Muslim and he has a similar backstory to them and a similar cultural background. And they get inspired because they've heard those names before. And it's like, wow, I can do this too. And I'm going to be just like him one day. Like that's powerful. It's very, very important, you know, and that for all the conversation, yes, listen, diversity, inclusion, it absolutely matters. And yes, we have a ways to go in hockey, but these are success stories. And and for him to be part of the Hockey Diversity Alliance, and Mm -hmm. that video was extremely powerful. And and there was, I think it was at the 25 second mark, where uh, Kadri's looking at his phone and he gets that text message, that hit me really hard because I've gotten messages like that. I've been called that word that was in that text message. That didn't, that that wasn't fun. Like it stung, it sticks with me. It sticks with people when they receive slurs like that, when they get called things like that. And that's not cool. I'm sure that many people watching this have a similar experience. And all you wanna do is you wanna play hockey or you wanna, make friends and and be in a, in, in a fun environment, an inclusive, a safe environment where you can be yourself and you can talk about hockey, play hockey, the, the barriers to entry uh, low so that you can get involved, right? And so that that hit me extremely hard. I'm very proud of Nazem that he's involved in, the, in, in that diversity alliance and for everyone else involved uh, up and down, you know, Anthony Duclair, Akeem Aliou, uh, Matt Dumba, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, for me personally, I'm very proud to see it. I would love to do a segment with Nazem Kadri one day because I don't think we've ever seen a segment where a Muslim host and a Muslim player are talking about hockey on a show about hockey. Yeah. For me, that would be a dream come true because that would just further be a further example of this is possible, you know? And mm-hmm. so, you know, for, for look, look at us. We are. Uh, someone of yeah. Muslim faith and someone of Jewish faith talking about hockey on a podcast. Like that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's great. Like that's this, like, this is a perfect example of, 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 of what hockey culture should be and, mm-hmm. and what, what, you know, like, and I hope that people see this and say, yeah, sometimes it's going to be, 
there's always bad apples everywhere, Mm -hmm. but we can't let them outnumber the good and we can't let them spoil the entire scene. We have to be diligent and we have to stamp it out and we have to be agents for change and positivity because that's how we're going to grow. Yeah. No, I mean, that was beautifully said. And seriously, I admire your passion and just everything about you. I mean, obviously I've been watching you on TV for a long time, but like actually talking to you like one-on-one is, I mean, I'm going to watch you on TV now and it's going to be like so much cooler <laughs> just to like say that I know be like, you. Oh yeah. It was that guy talking about holding it in on sports center for Yeah, exactly. Minutes. Now That's I'm going to, I know him really well. I'm going to be, I'm going to tweet <laughs> you know, at you. Looks like you're going to yeah. shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be um, like, are you holding it in right now? You're going to be like, you're going to be like texting. Are you holding it in right now? Yeah. Oh, well, you know. Funny. But um, <laughs> Art, I seriously, I, I, I can't thank you enough. And I, I like hate that I have to even hang up with you, but I would love to um, definitely have you on maybe toward like playoff time and stuff. Oh, but yeah. Please. I wanna, anytime. I also want to give you like a moment to, you know, plug anything that you work on or your Twitter handle or your Instagram, um, anything like that. Yeah, sure. Follow me on Twitter at Arda, A-R-D-A, uh, and let me know. Uh, if there's anything you disagree with that uh, we <laughs> talked about on this podcast, uh, the ultimate battleground, the, the the most honorable of battlegrounds, as we all know, is Twitter. So please mm-hmm. uh, find me there. I'm also not going to lie. This has been the most like just variety of topics that I've ever talked about on an episode. We yeah, went we, from, we bounced around we really like did. the metaverse, <laughs> NFTs. Yeah virtual reality we're sitting at msg with uh-huh. with helmets on with vr helmets on and uh we're smelling msg popcorn and stuff wow this is what a trip johnny good job my dad my dad listens to every single episode he's gonna talk to me at dinner after like, <laughs> listen to this, be like i never heard you talk about any of that shit before yeah he's like he's like what do you, yeah like what what is going on here yeah, what yeah. talking about that's your so dad funny. probably has one of these he, he probably, probably has does. one stashed yeah. somewhere my parents still have a, a vcr machine in their room they haven't gotten the flat screen. <laughs> yeah. They sold the box TV. It's crazy. The yeah, the tube TV yeah. with the knobs. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But um, <laughs> Arda, seriously, thank you so much, and um, definitely want to keep in touch and everything. Yeah, absolutely, Johnny. Thanks for having me. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save.